The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Habs and Minded. This time, once more, it seems like it's always like this. We're in Sweden, um, in a near-Earth orbit from you guys. Um, Somewhere in southern Sweden, um, we have Anton Rasegård. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Patrick. Pleasure as always. It's uh, been a week with a little bit of news anyway. Um, the talk of a 24 playoff system has started to pick up pace. According to what we know so far, it would be uh, Montreal versus Pittsburgh in the first round. And uh, Montreal would be the 12th seed from the Eastern Conference and the lowest seed thereby. Um, what are your thoughts about the playoff system in general and uh, Pittsburgh in particular? Yeah, it feels more relevant to kind of just knock the um, the regular season out, just start the playoffs now since we are already at the end of May. Uh, what I've read is that uh, the play-in, that you would call this uh, sort of first playoff round where teams uh, 5 through 12 will face off against each other and then face against the one through four in each conference will be a best of five and then afterwards they will continue with a best of seven as normal um but i feel like this kind of system would be the best way to just salvage a torn season uh the way it looks right now there before we can start this there is obviously uh, some uh management issues that has to be decided on as well you have to consider um, the european players coming over coming back over to, to north america and two weeks in quarantine before they can start playing would do you see montreal being um hampered by this or or is montreal ready to go directly i feel like all all teams are kind of equally hampered by this um it's just a very Weird, like I, I thought about that as well. And just with the U.S.-Canada border, for example, how do you how do you even start the traveling in between? And that is something, of course, that is not just related to the playoff format. It's just like when they start playing, whatever format they start, it's just how do you kind of regulate it so that the teams, um, yeah, just can get to the spot where they are supposed to play. Um, and obviously, if you have a two-week quarantine after coming back as well, that just pushes the playoff format further and further into the summer, and which also would probably push the draft even further down the line, and then we won't really know what happens with <laughs> with next season, obviously. And it's just like, it's a, it's a very strange situation, and obviously there are no real answers because no one... Uh, who is alive right now has actually been in this kind of situation before. 
indeed and it is a difficult situation and uh, seeing the different rules how you approach the coronavirus from us to, to canada just talking about the two countries that would host some of these games it seems possible that that it would only be held in the us and then you bunker up somewhere and uh, even canadian teams will more or less just base themselves in the us and and deal with with the situation as arise there it's also interesting to see how you know what what would you do if a player tests positive or or something like that god forbid it happens um, it's it's been a terrible terrible uh, spring for the whole world but but and and uh, the most important thing is probably you know surviving as a society but but if you go down the playoffs um, we have this uh, play in wild card or or whatever you want to call it um in a best of five series is that good for the montreal canadians or is it bad for the montreal canadians since montreal canadians the montreal canadians uh, potential success in any playoff would rely heavily on carry price and carry price playing um playing at his best level i would say that a best of five would be good for montreal uh montreal are currently 15 points back um, in in comparison to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, who are the number five seed in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, and a best of five would just uh, put less pressure on Carey Price naturally because it's two games potentially less. And But then, of course, we have to remember as well that after that, if Montreal would be successful in a play-in, there are just normal seven game series and uh, Carey Price would have to be at his very best for yeah a potential 30 out of 33 games or something for Montreal to to really compete in this playoff further down the line yeah because it definitely seems like players signed in the offseason um, most notably Russians and, and Alexander Romanov for Montreal's case will not be able to participate so you can't really strengthen your squad from Europe in, in that regard. Uh, there are no trades before, etc., etc. The trade deadline has passed, and and it sort of it, it will rely as it has more or less since 2010 with with the Montreal goalkeeper. In 2010, it was it was uh, Halak, and in 2014, it was Price, and we saw what happened when Price went out against the New York Rangers. And, and it sort of creates a momentum, but we know that Price feeds on the crowd sometimes, and uh, here there will be no crowds. So no. that will be an impact as well. That we, We've seen it from Bundesliga that started last week, and players were like, there is something missing. You, you, you're not at 100% because there is no crowd noise to make sure that you, you get that extra percent of, of level. And... Uh, it will be interesting to see a team or any team that wins this competition, how they feel about it after, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, does this feel like a normal season? It's already, I mean, now, now it's just to basically, as I said before, to, to make the best out of a poor situation naturally. But yeah, this, this is... Naturally, since we are at the very end of the season, Montreal had played 71 out of 82 games when game was postponed. Um, it's a different situation than if it would be like 
uh, in the beginning of the season. And you could just like call it a day and just train for the next season. Now you actually want some results to come out of this naturally because it would just feel like a lost, lost um, yeah, for, for the teams who have fought well to, to, to actually be at the top this very season. Because we have to remember that front offices and coaches, uh, coaching staffs work relentlessly for potentially one or two or three seasons um, of, of potential glory their team to be at their greatest right now um, and for some teams they can feel that like their cup window is about to close um, and it would just feel nice to, to get something out of the season um, if we can find a way to make it as uh, the less hazard the possible yeah and we saw what happened in Sweden and, and how um Björklöven and Modo was shafted in a way because they wouldn't be able to fight for promotion into the SHL. And obviously they feel um, a season lost and, and yeah. uh, there will be other teams that feels that in NHL as well. And um, of course you want to play for the cup and obviously it hosts a um, positive spin maybe for, for people to get their attention focused on something else. Should teams be afraid of Carey Price? Naturally. Uh, on a good day, he is still a top three goaltender in the world. Um, and in this kind of, in the format of playoffs, um, I think it's easier, even without a crowd uh, there to cheer him on, I think it's easier for him to just pick it up um, because he knows that every game is a do or die situation. Um, it can be, for, for these really great players, especially goaltenders. Uh, I can understand that it gets kind of monotonous uh, during an 82-game season where nothing really is decided except for a President's Trophy. Um, but once you squeeze into the playoffs, uh, a whole other side is on. It's much more psychology involved in the game, and um, that is where uh, really great players can can just pick up their pace in a, in, in a just natural habitat. Uh, Justin um, wrote a, a good article yesterday about um, the playoff system and uh, yeah, it, it, it hampers a little bit because you're also looking at a loss of a potential jackpot in the draft. First and foremost, we don't know when the draft will, will happen, but, but you're looking at losing out on Lafreniere. Essentially, uh, quite a few teams will, will look at this and go like, we were bad and we would have had the chance to, to save the season with a top draft pick and, and maybe even a top three draft pick. But here it seems like it will be one and two one or two teams that are just slotted in to, to get the, ch the chance to get Lafreniere. Obviously, both these teams will need it. Uh, but obviously, for other teams like Montreal and the Rangers, etc., you would have to look in and, and say, really, we would have loved to have the chance to, to, to get Lafreniere. Of course. Uh, all, all franchises are working to, to get better, and a good way to get better is naturally to have a, a, yeah, the first overall pick in the draft. But at the same time, there would be a really small percentage chance for any of these eight teams that would now feature in the playoffs instead of a draft lottery um, to get the first overall pick, 
we have seen Detroit uh, do everything in their power, except for when they're playing the Montreal Canadiens, uh, to really lock in this first overall pick and get Alexis Lafreniere. Um, and we've seen Ottawa with two um, two early first round picks um, really do do the same, like trying to up their possibility to to get that chance and they will still have the chance montreal were working towards the playoffs until just bad overall form forced them to to just be more working towards the draft naturally uh, but this wasn't anyone's plan coming into the season and i would say the same for many of these teams down there buffalo weren't working towards um being in the draft lottery once again but here they are um, Florida were certainly not working towards that. And we will see in a play-in of five games. I mean, I'm saying that uh, Montreal would have a chance with a Carey Price playing perfectly. But Pittsburgh Penguins are a better team. And many of these play-in will naturally result in the better team winning. You mentioned they are a better team, but it was more or less the same thing in 2010. We had a series of uh, Julian McKenzie's uh, has, has contacted a lot of the players involved in that playoff run, that magical year that brought me back into hockey uh, or to NHL hockey for, for and and into uh, further down the line into eyes on the prize. Um, but they were a better team in 2010, and uh, Montreal bested them in, in that series as well, coming off a great series from from Washington, obviously. But but we know what can happen. Um, it's been proven earlier in, in different uh, sports arenas that a best out of five equals a better chance of an upset rather than best out of seven. So there is a better chance to, to maybe go through Pittsburgh and get into the real playoffs or whatever you want to call it. But also, you mentioned that it's a small chance to get Lafreniere if you're, as Montreal is, in, in the eighth spot in, in the NHL rankings. But it's also a small chance of winning the cup. So yeah. uh, you can understand that fans has very different views on, on this situation. Yeah, of course. And I understand that. But, but in, in reality, there is no solution that will be ultimate where everyone will agree. If we had a 16-team playoffs like normal now and just ended the season... The 17th team in, or the ninth team in each conference would feel tricked because they were so close. And if they had just potentially played one game more, maybe they would have passed the eighth seed. Um, so, so there is really no win in in this situation anyway. Um, I just think that considering the circumstances, having a 24-game playoffs make it possible for for a lot more teams to actually have something to fight for other than the 6% chance of winning a lottery that is now down to one or two teams. Uh, it's not even a three-game race, a three-team race anymore in the, in, the, um, in the potential draft lottery. So I just think that this is a better solution than, than most they could have come up with. You have written um, a few draft profiles for, from one, for Eyes on the Prize. Who do you see Montreal picking right now at number eight? At number eight, if there are no surprises, I would expect Cole Perfetti. And and what would he bring to Montreal? Is he ready for next year to, to make the leap into the NHL? 
No, I, I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, it, it's I, I think I wrote that in the article as well. It's kind of difficult with a player like Perfetti, uh, Canadian-born, uh, who is really... He has proven everything he can prove at the OHL level, but he is naturally not old enough to, to go and play in the AHL. Um, I don't really, I, I don't think that he would take a roster spot in Montreal if, if he wouldn't have a Kotkaniemi-like break, breakout in, um, uh, in the preseason. Um, but just having the ability to work on a few, um, the few uh, weaknesses that he, that he has in his game, uh, ability to just have a year of... Um, Montreal telling him what he needs to improve to get to that next level. Um, I think that would be great because now he has proven himself to be a top 10 talent in this draft. And now the real work starts to become an NHL player. Um, I think that would be great for, for his long-time improvement to just be able to have a year where he can improve his skating slightly and just being an overall uh, more impactful player who can slot into a top six group um, in two or three years. Speaking about the draft, um, you mentioned that we don't know what's going to happen, but one date that is of great importance to the draft is the 15th of July. That is when signed players, players with contracts in Europe, can be signed uh, to an NHL contract and for the first rounders be able to go to AHL if they don't make the big team out of camp. This is something... I know Frölunda is counting on Raymond to stay in Sweden. They've uh, set him next to Joel Lundqvist for, for, uh, as, a, as a leader to, to learn from. Um, there's talk about him running the, the first power play unit in a, in a similar way to Ryan Lash. Um, this will uh, obviously... Uh, one player is, is uh, Alexander Holtz. He has already played on the first power play unit and on, on uh, the first line in Jurgården. He will probably benefit from his development there. Noel Gunler is another that, that is one of those players. Sion Nybeck is, is another that is coming through the ranks. But one player that might actually hamper this uh, is, is um, Tim Stutzle, who might actually not be able to go to AHL because he is in in Mannheim. Yeah, exactly. Do you think he could potentially switch to a better uh, European or a better European league? That's one option. Obviously, European trade uh, deadlines are, are a little bit different than the NHL agreement with the European clubs. But it also, what I'm thinking here is, if you can't control his development and he will have to play in DEL, which is a stronger league, um, and, and it has gotten better, but it's not a great development league. And we saw that uh, Maurice Sider had to go directly to, to Grand Rapids for Detroit. And uh, you would assume that if Detroit loses the lottery, they would, they would look at creating a dynamic duo with two players from Germany that has played together. But it can also impact his, his draft rankings, I think. If you can't control the development to that degree, and, and he's caught in a little bit of a lower league, Maybe that is the opportunity for Rossi, Raymond, and, and others to, to pass him in the final rankings on the draft boards. We know that Detroit, you know, they, they took a swing on Sider. It was a, an unexpected swing that Sider would go that early last year. 
and maybe this time it will be the opposite way that the German will fall a little bit due to uh, the draft being held after the playoffs. Um, mm. So so it creates a, a big problem on, uh, if you don't have the draft at their normal time uh, in uh, NHL um, because teams will have to um, can't sign their, their, their top picks from Europe uh, out of camp. Do you think there is a possibility that Tim Stutzle will be there if Montreal are picking at eight? No, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I'm not sure I want him there either, to be honest. I think I think he's great, but uh, I see him as a winger. Uh, he has the potential to play center. He, But yeah, um, I think that someone will take a chance on him. But, you know, it's suddenly the European players becomes a little bit like Russian players in general. Um, you have to wait out the contract, even if it's just another year, but you, you have to wait it out. And uh, that causes a bit of problem. I think for, for top leagues that Lundell uh, in Liga and, and obviously the Swedes and SHL, I think there's a little bit of a difference. You can sort of understand that you want to, to them to develop in a top league and they're going to get the play time, et cetera, et cetera. But even... Uh, Pavel Gross, the, the Mannheim coach, when I spoke to him, and it's on one of the dispatch uh, further down the list on, on, on the Ice on the Price channel, uh, he said that he don't think NHL team trusts the DEL to develop players just yet. And, and this is something that you have to figure out. And that's why I think that the draft will, at worst case scenario, be held at the normal time uh, of the year. That's midsummer weekend for us here in Sweden. But I think that is what's going to happen unless you move it up and have it before the playoffs. Yeah, if they come to a solution with the playoff format or how they are going to finish the season, there is really nothing stopping the draft from from potentially happening earlier because now we know that there will be a few... Like We, we know which teams will be in the lottery mix and we know the rest and and obviously all the area scouts and the they have already done their job due and their due diligence throughout the season it's just that they couldn't have a, an official combine or or interviews just like the NFL draft so there is the possibility of course that you can have the draft and then just continue on through with the playoff throughout the summer yeah and we you and I know uh, from personal experience that NHL scouts have already done a lot of their interviews with the players anyway so yeah. the 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 players around the combine or the interviews around the combine with players and uh, other stuff that's more of a show uh, and maybe getting the higher ups hearing what what the player has to say um I remember exactly. I remember hearing uh, when they asked Jacob Delarose if he was ready to play in Montreal and he said yeah that that's great for me but you know it's maybe those last minute questions the seconds that you know make or break it for between two players you don't have that and it might be an open more open draft in that regard and there might be some movement up and down that scouts uh on twitter and and with their own scouting services hasn't really taken into account but it's very very interesting to to consider this draft where um, no one really knows the final rankings because uh, you haven't had the World Un- World Under 18s tournament, and obviously uh, th- there are limitations to what you can figure out from from.
from uh, the play, from video, etc. And you have to adjust for that. And, and uh, also with the fact that there are like a top level prospect and then there is a block of uh, prospects and then there's another jump to a block of prospects. And then there's a very wide block of prospects that goes from what, 15 to, to 40 something like that and uh, it creates some movement and it will be very very interesting to follow i think yeah can i i can imagine as well that um general managers and the higher up executives will just have to rely much more on on scouts opinions this year and we'll have more demo democratic uh approach to to drafting because obviously the um, the general managers haven't been able to maybe meet the prospects in person, which means that they will have to rely even more on, on these guys who are out on the road for the entire year. Um, and that is interesting. As you say, it can create some movement come draft day because obviously we, what we hear and reports we are hearing are obviously more maybe from, uh, from, reporters and everything who have contacts higher up in the hierarchy maybe they don't have that many talks with with scouts further down the line i don't know nah and this is really what where it goes to speculation so we're going to finish this podcast off on on this note we wish you all uh, to stay safe and uh, uh, observe social distancing listen to this you can do it anywhere and you can be as far away from someone else as you want to um, again, thank you, Anton. And this is Patrick Bexel for Eyes on the Prize. And uh, listen to all the different shows on Hats Eyes on the Prize radio that we have.